Welcome to the Leadership Matters Podcast, where we talk matters of leadership because leadership really does matter. Here's your host, Jeremy Albrecht. Hey, listeners, welcome to episode 41 of the Leadership Matters Podcast. My name's Jeremy. And hey, we've got another segment of this uh, brand new segment called This Is My Story. We've got another one of these today. For your listening pleasure, and just a fascinating story from our guest on the podcast today. Her name is Jazzy Verk, and she is a young female leader out in British Columbia. Uh, You may know her from the Youth Alpha series. She's been a co-host on that recently. She also serves at Citizen Church uh, as a volunteer there and helps out. Um, she was also a recent guest of our Pursue Student Conference here in the Eastern Ontario and Nunavut District, and so uh, you may have heard her speak there to students. And just a fascinating story. When I heard just bits and pieces of Jazzy's story, I knew right away, wow, we need to interview this girl on the Leadership Matters podcast. Our listeners would, uh, would just benefit so greatly from just hearing her story, and so that's exactly what I did, and she was gracious enough to do this with me and uh, just allow me to just prod and ask questions about her personal journey and it's one that is so fascinating so without further ado let's get right to it here's my conversation with jazzy burke jazzy why don't you tell us a little bit about just where you're at where you're living these days and what you're up to yeah so right now as you said live in beautiful british columbia i love it here born and raised here um, I just finished uh, graduating at Summit Pacific College with a degree, and um, for the last couple, or I would say three or four years, yeah, I've been working with Alpha, got involved. But at first, it started by empowering and just like equipping students at my previous church, sure. um, helping them run Alpha in their high schools and middle schools. Then that led me to a journey of being on the U series, and then that led me to being on the journey with the team at Alpha here. Okay. In the so... Yeah, it's been it's been really fun. Um, I'm currently plugged in at a church called Citizens Church too, um, and yeah. Oh, and then the other jobs that you were talking about, those other random jobs. Yeah, those are some small businesses here in Vancouver, and I get the privilege of helping them with like um, project management and marketing. So I kind of have my hands in different fields, but I love it. Sure. I love it all. Sure. So. Sounds yeah. like you've got uh, a lot going on. Sounds like a very busy life you're uh, you're living these days. Yeah, yeah, I I love being on the go. I don't know. Are you into the Enneagram at all? Like, yes. Yep. yep. I, I'm type three, like okay. Typically, so that's just that's where I thrive. <laughs> so, awesome, awesome. Yeah. Well, it's so good to have you here once again, Jazzy, and we're we're gonna dive right into your story. Again, I was saying before we hit record here today, I've heard bits and pieces of your story, and even when you spoke at our recent student Pursue Student Conference, you, you mentioned various aspects of it, but I'd love to take a little deeper dive just into your story. You've got a, a really powerful story of even how you came to, uh, to your faith in God, and uh, I want to I dive into that as well, even some mutual friends that actually were a part of that story, which is so cool. So, But before we get right into that talk to us and our listeners today just a little bit about childhood what was childhood like for jazzy growing up give us a little bit of a window into your life family parent relationships dynamics religious background whatever whatever you feel um comfortable sharing here today yeah totally um yeah so my childhood growing up was both extremely fun 
but also really hard. Um, to start with the fun stuff, um, my brother and I, we got re along really well. It was just the two of us. Um, we were both into, you know, the same shows and the same games. Um, the biggest thing that we loved was WWE, which is okay. like, yeah. uh, which is so random. But so, yeah. Okay, we before you go any further, I got to stop you for a second. <laughs> I don't, if you're into, are you still into WWE at all? You know what? I, it, so I'm not anymore because I thought it was real for like till I was like, okay and then I found out it was fake and it was heartbroken so I stopped I just oh that was it okay <laughs> I was gonna tell you a fun fact the uh one of the recent WWE champions is act yeah. literally lives the next house over from us um no his way. Name's Bobby Roode I don't know if you've heard of him but uh, I wouldn't know him now because he's a yeah. wrestler okay yeah. yeah well that's okay wow well yeah I I quit it because I'm like wow I can't believe it's fake this whole time I thought it was real but <laughs> Yeah, my brother and I, we were just so bought into it. We would like wrestle all the time. Um, and yeah, and then the other times we would play with Barbie. So we had like the best of both okay. worlds. Um, but yeah, so that was really fun. But you know, my childhood was also really difficult because I grew up in um, a pretty strict household. Um, the relationship that I shared with my parents was pretty complicated. Um, you know, I uh, I appreciate them a lot for a lot of the things that they sacrificed for my brother and I when they sure. came here from India. Um, and I'll always honor them for that. But the dynamic of our relationship just was always tense. Um, so I grew up in the Sikh religion. And this is a religion that my parents and their parents followed for like many years. And so when I was born, it was pretty much expected that I would follow this religion too. And you know, as a kid, I, I didn't think anything of it. But then when I became a preteen and a teenager and I started to understand more of the world and who I was and I started to ask more questions, um, sure. there there were just a lot of things about this religion that didn't sit well with me. And but but unfortunately, I wasn't allowed to think that. And, and that's also what added to the tension of my relationship okay. with them. And so. Yeah, there was just um, growing up, there just was always this unspoken lack of freedom to choose the path of my own life. And, you know, that was really hard because I never really felt like I could make choices for myself. And so, yeah, it was just right. a bit of a constricting environment, though there was there was wrestling, there's Barbies and all that kind of stuff. It, it was still um, a challenging time. Mostly. Sure. No, for sure. So were you were you actually born in Canada then? You mentioned your parents are from India, came over from India. Were you born in India or Canada then? I was born in Canada. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So yeah. roughly how long have your parents been here in Canada? So they would have they would be here now for thirty years. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, they, you know, got married in India um, and then traveled all the way here. And I am just I'm so thankful they did that because I'm so happy sure. to have them born here and raised here um, but with that comes its own challenges because yeah. um you know this world is very different from the world in india and so just sure. culture environment all of that was just it, it was hard to for my parents to adapt to that and then also for me my brother to adapt to the canadian culture while also sticking to our roots so it yeah. was just yeah Oh, and I know many of our listeners, I'm sure, who, who come from situations just like yours can identify and, and totally relate to what you're, what you're speaking about. So you grew up a pretty strict home. Um, you've got one sibling, a brother, and you guys were pretty close, had lots of fun together, wrestling to Barbies. That's quite a juxtaposition, by the way. Yeah. I just want to <laughs> say that. 
Um, but that's awesome. You guys were, were tight. And uh, so you grow up, you, you become an adolescent, you hit the preteen, the teenage years. Uh, talk to us about any pivotal moments uh, during adolescent or any, any major events that really happened there because you started to, to kind of find your own path. Mm-hmm. is what it sounds like. So talk to us a little bit about that journey, where that began and, and just some, some pivotal moments along the way. Yeah. Um, so I had an amazing high school experience and really that's because of my friends. Um, they were like family to me. Um, they knew about everything that was going on at home and, you know, they really actually helped me to start living in freedom. And so there were quite a few people that I knew that in my high school that weren't following a religion at all. And so when I would see that, because I didn't know that you couldn't not follow a religion. I thought okay. everybody was that grew up in a home and a certain culture had a religion to follow. Right. And so when I saw that, I was like, oh, like I want to stop that too. And so in grade nine, um, I made the decision to fully let go of, of that religion. And I was like, I'm just going to go with the flow, see what the world has for me. And, you know, in one sense, I felt free. But then on the other side, I felt extremely depressed and unsettled because, mm. you know, going with the flow that can only take you so far. Yeah. So in, in grade 10, I, I had a really good group of friends where I could just talk to, be open with them. But at the end of the day, I would always just feel like going with the flow, whatever that even meant just wasn't enough and that there had to be more to life than this. And, you know, I, I didn't have any sort of mentor or like any sort of older person in my life that I could like sure. voice these things to. So I always just kind of wrestled with this feeling of discontentment all on my own. Um, but the more that I tried to do it on my own, the harder it got. So in, in grade 11, I actually did end up becoming closer with my school counselor. And um, I would just talk to him about what was going on at home and the decision that I made to stop following um, Sikhism and where that's brought me now. And he just encouraged me to just be curious about life. Like he told me that, you know, there's more to life than where you work, what you get your degree in. there's more, there's more to it. And just to explore that however I wanted to. And, um, I'm really, really thankful for his advice because that's what led me to my journey of finding Jesus because later that year, um, so I became friends with these two guys that are two grades or no, one grade older than me, um, Jaden and Austin, which you know. Yeah. Um, and we, I didn't know they were Christians at the time. Um, we just were locker buddies. And so that's how we okay. became friends that way. Um, and so we would just hang out during our spares all the time. We would hang out then after school. And I just felt so comfortable with these guys. We had so much fun. And um, I just remember like, it was just, it was just all about relationship. Like we were just really sure. good friends. Like, we didn't talk about faith. We didn't talk about like my past religion or what their religion, like, or anything like that. We were just friends. Right. Yep. I remember um, standing by our lockers one day and it was, uh, I just asked them what they were doing that weekend. And they said that they were going to a Christian youth conference. And so that's when I found out, oh, you guys are Christians. Like, that's fun. Wow. And I didn't think anything of it. And then they asked me what I was doing. And I said, I wasn't doing anything. And they're like, oh, well, do you want to come? And I'm like, I literally, I was like, I I was so shocked that they invited me because I didn't, so I didn't think that I could convert to another religion. I knew that I could like stop following my religion. I didn't know that I was allowed to actually convert, um, let alone actually be allowed to go into a church. Like I just did not think that was for me at all. So I kept... 
I kept harassing them like really me like do you know like I was part of a different religion before are you sure that I can come like this is so brand new to me and they're just like of course Jazzy you can come and so they picked me up from my uh, house they drove me to a church that was 20 minutes away from my home and that was the first time I had ever stepped foot inside of a church building Hmm. and honestly as soon as I, I stepped foot in there, I just like instantly felt like I was at home. Like wow. it was just in an incredible experience. Like, you know, when, um, I think some people talk about how like it, the greeters really matter at the church. Like yeah. as, as soon as somebody steps foot into totally. the parking lot, like that, yeah. that's the minute you start serving and you, and you, you know, that, that yeah. matters. Like I experienced that that day. Like as soon as I set foot inside of that par- parking lot and I saw the greeters at the door waving at me saying, hello, I'm like, what is this world? Wow. Like, I just was like, this is, That's I just powerful. felt so loved and so accepted. I really thought I was going to stand out because I'm Indian and I just was like, are there other Indians here? Is there like a different sure. race in here? Sure. Like I just, but no, like I just felt right at home. Um, everybody was so welcoming my, and so, yeah, I started asking tons of questions because obviously I had no idea what a sermon was, what worship was what they were talking about on the stage. Like I just, what, what it meant to raise your hands during worship, like all sure. of that was just, yeah. so I was asking tons of questions. Um, but yeah, like we stayed that whole day. And then that night um, during the service, during the altar call, I gave my life to Jesus that night. And first time, been, first time. Yeah. First time never been in a church building to a conference like this and boom, you're, you're in like fully in. Wow. Yeah. That That's was powerful. seven years ago. Seven, yeah, and have not have not turned back since. So, so was this a was this like a, a conference put on by their church that Jaden and Austin went to, or was this like a kind of what we would know as like a district event, or or what was was this history maker? Like, what was this? Um, uh, no, so this was a conference um, hosted by Christian Life Assembly in okay. Langley. So okay. it so their youth group is called Revolution Youth. So it was Ref Conference um, gotcha. back in the day. Okay. Yeah, so. Yeah. So I, I want I want to back up for a second. You you mentioned that these two guys they come pick you up at your house. Mm-hmm. Um, where where are your mom and dad at this point? Like you've already kind of made it known that you're not into what they're into as far as Sikhism goes. Um, are you still living at home at that point? Are you are they do they know that you're going to another religious church service that night like are, are they okay with that like what's going on at home right now during this kind of this season of life so during that time no they had no idea okay. i so for me because i i knew that they would not let me go because right unfortunately my parents weren't just strict when it came to religion it just was like anything in okay. my life like with okay. what i wore with who i hung out with all that right. kind of stuff and so um because there were rules everywhere around me. And I really wanted to go hang out with these two guys and go to the conference. To me, that was like the only way that I can go is just by going. And so sure. I would not advise this to <laughs> disclaimer coming. Yeah. But yes, I lied to my parents for Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> when is it okay to, we have a moral question here. When is it okay to lie? It's if it's for prayer. Jesus, is it okay? Yeah, exactly. That's so good. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Okay, so you go to this conference. Jaden and Austin take you there. You, you respond to the message, the altar call. 
You invite Jesus into your life, commit your life to following him. What happens next? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So even just to let you in a little bit of like, you know, the moment that yeah. uh, I came to faith in Jesus, like, uh, because I know for some people listening, they might be like, how exactly did it happen? Yep. Like, how did you actually just give your life to him? Like, so for me, um, like I shared, shared a little bit earlier, like the moment that led me to coming to faith in Jesus was when the person who was speaking that night told me that God loves me no matter what I've done. Like, and that was the first time someone had ever told me that God loves me. Wow. Um, but even more than that, like no matter what the mistakes I've made, no matter my past, that he still loves me. And like mm -hmm. I said, I always had it the opposite. Like I was taught right. that I had to do certain things, follow these rules in order to, to receive his love. But Christianity is the exact opposite. And, you know, for me immediately, I just, with that thought, I just started to um, cry and I felt this like overwhelming sense of love and I stepped to the side, I received prayer and I just remember feeling like my heart was so warm. Like the best way that I can describe it, it was like I was like getting a hug and yeah. I just had like physical, but also this extremely emotional experience. Like, you know, I, I walked in the, into the conference feeling one way and I was definitely feeling different. And so um, the next couple of days for me, like, I knew that night I wanted to commit my life to Jesus, but I was like, hey, yeah. is it actually, is Jesus actually the answer for me? Like, was right. that just like a moment? Was that a phase or is this like real? Sure. Uh, so the next couple of days and weeks, I just kept wrestling with it. I, I chatted with Jaden and Austin. They were amazing friends throughout the whole thing, asked about their experience and it all felt really similar. And so, yeah, I just started going to youth more started to learn more about the Bible. I surrounded myself with community. I was connected with a mentor. And yeah, the more I learned, the more I experienced and the more I was just so, so sure about it. So the biggest change, um, you're, you asked me what the biggest change, right? That Jesus done in my life. Is that what was the initial Yeah, question? no, go, go there. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. perfect. Yeah. Um, I was, oh man, that's such a fun question because the biggest change is just everything. Like, right everything about my life, like my habits, my, my outlook on life, like my speech, my thoughts, it just all changed dramatically. Like when, when I became a Christian, I, I wanted to just tell everyone about what Jesus had done in my life. So yeah. like that year I got baptized. I went on a missions trip. I ran alpha for my friends. And, you know, it's so funny because I still had all these questions in my mind about yeah. Christianity. Wow. And, but I was just like, I want to run it for my friends here because I want as many people in my high school to hear about this Jesus before I graduate. And, you know, it was so interesting because even on the inside, like I just felt so different. Like I, I still felt sad. I still felt angry and upset and like all those emotions, but, sure. but it was different because I had this, I knew I had this hope and faith in Jesus that I, I can get through those emotions or whatever it was. And, yeah. you know, another thing that was actually really telling for me was that even though my outside environment was still pretty chaotic, like life at home was still really hard. And, you know, it's, it's not like when I started following Jesus, all of my problems were gone, like sure. they were still there. And in fact, like if, it actually got even worse, but on the inside, I still felt at peace. And I had this assurance that like God was with me. And, and to me, that was like, yeah, this is, this is the biggest change in my life. And, and it's great. That's awesome. Wow. That's so powerful. What a, mm -hmm. what a crazy conversion story you have. Um, and you mentioned it just a moment ago, you know, 
things were still rocky at home. When when did you get saved that night at this conference? You go home. When did you tell mom and dad, or when did they find out? Maybe you didn't tell them. Maybe they just found out. But when did they find out? Oh, our daughter has actually chosen a different path. And what was their response in that moment? Yeah. So, um, my journey to actually really wholeheartedly follow Jesus, I, I knew from the start that it wasn't going to be an easy one. Um, because yeah, like I said, I grew up in a Sikh home. So everybody in my family is Sikh. I'm first generation Christian. So that made things even, even harder because there's nothing that came before me that could kind of give me like direction. And so, um, yeah, so my if my parents had one rule in their household, it was that you can't convert to another religion. So because of that, I actually kept it a secret from them for a whole year. Um, wow. I yeah did not tell them about my faith out of fear, out of what would happen to me. And so right. like when I told you I got, I got baptized and I went to youth, like again, I wouldn't advise this, but I lied because it was just... I was just so hungry for God. And the only way of me learning more about him was with other Christians and right. by going to you. And so, right. um, yeah, I was just terrified to see how that they were going to react. But then when graduation came, I was 18 and um, I knew that it was getting to a point where I needed to tell them because like, it was just so chaotic. Like, you know, being a Christian or I was always a Christian, but just like, you know, living like who I truly was outside of sure. the home and then having to really kind of suppress that when I was yeah. in the home. Um, so yeah, one night during my graduation week, I just told them and the reaction that I anticipated was the one that I got, like they completely rejected me and hmm. told me to stop being a Christian immediately and that they didn't support it at all. And, you know, I kept trying to defend my faith in Jesus the best way that I could and explain how it wasn't a phase, but they did not respond well to that and um, actually told me to leave the house. And so wow. um, that was extremely, extremely difficult. And one thing that I do want to say, though, is that, you know, my parents didn't respond this way because they're evil or because they no. hate me, but because this is their reality. Um, yep. You know, my new faith calls them to question their reality and that makes them uncomfortable. So. Right you know, I know that this was hard for them to hear as much it was as it was hard for me to tell them. And sure. so because we weren't making any progress, I had to leave the house. And yeah, it's just, it's really hard, honestly, still to put into words how difficult that season was for me. Um, like I've never felt so much pain and heartache and I still feel it. Like even today I'm still recovering and I'm still healing from what that season was because it was so traumatic. And um yeah, but but you know what? At the same time, like I've never felt so much peace because even though God didn't tell me like when I left that house at 18 years old, like where I would be going at the time, I didn't have a job. I didn't even know how I would support myself. Didn't have a car, I didn't have anything. Wow. I just knew I was being obedient. Yeah. And even though it was difficult, still to this day, I wouldn't go back and I wouldn't change any thing about that season of my life because it taught me that it doesn't matter what obedience might cost you because the Mm. reward in obeying is so much greater because my reward and my prize is Jesus and I would do it over and over and over again because the reward on the other side of that season is him and I've experienced the fruit of it and I've experienced the nearness and the presence of God in the midst of 
what has to be one of the most challenging seasons of my life. And so, wow. yeah. Wow, Jazzy, that is uh, quite quite a story. I, I don't even know how to respond to that. You've been through what uh, some people never go through their entire life, and you've already been through, and you're still very young, lots of life ahead of you. Um, I, wa- I want to ask you this, and I, I know the answer to this, I think anyways, but for those listening, some might be just sitting there going, okay, like you found Jesus. We, we have all kinds. We have an audience. Many of the people that listen to this would be church leaders, but we've got some small business owners and different people I'm finding out all the time, not even from a faith background. So talk to our listeners today and tell them why you stuck with it. Like mom and dad say, okay, we're sorry. And you're right. I, I'm glad you said that. They're not evil. This is their reality. This is this is how strongly they believe what they believe, right? And now they're having to question that because our daughter is all in. Like, her life has been transformed. It's evident. Like, she's willing to to move out over this. Like, she's serious about this. So they're having to question all of that. But they tell, they say, kind of, that's that's the last straw. Like, this is it. Like, not in this home. Um, and so you have a decision to make. Why did you stick with it? Why did you not just continue to lie or or pretend to go back even? Or, I mean, you could have done all sorts of various things just to save face and, and keep the room you have in, in your house um, and keep the peace for at least for another year or two till you get out on your own anyways. Like, why why did you decide in that moment, you know what, I've just got to do this? Right, yeah. You know what, it's because for me, it's because of knowing Jesus has been through this. Like Jesus Mm -hmm. knows my pain. He knows my struggle. I believe that he was fully God, fully man. And he was denied by his own family. And what was his response? You know, like for me, it was always, for me, what made me do all that was like, okay, what is Jesus' response here? And I would just follow that because I'm like, I'm not following my own path anymore in this life. I'm not following my own decisions. Of course, with wisdom, yes. But I knew in, sure. in that moment, I'm, I was young. I was emotional. The whole experience was like extremely like hard. And for yeah. me, I'm like, I can't rely on myself here. I'm going to rely on what Jesus did what he, and what he said and what he's done. And so for me, seeing how he responded to that incredibly hard situation. Like I, I just knew I wasn't alone. And so, wow. and so that was one thing, but then also just like, like there, there came a point in my walk with God where I'm like, he is doing so much trans, so much transformation in my life. And I'm seeing it, not just in me, I'm seeing it in the world. And there's so much that I felt him calling me to do living out like the certain purposes that he was already starting to speak to me at 18, that I'm like, I can't keep it to myself. And also another end of that is like, I love my family way too much to keep this as a secret because this is not just for me. This is for them too. Like Mm. I, it's been seven years of praying for their salvation. I, and I still believe and have faith. And of course it it's sometimes I have more faith than other seasons, but I believe that they will come to faith. And I'm like, this isn't this, I'm not going to be the first only first generation Christian. I want there to be many christians in in my family and so for me it was like i i it to them it doesn't make sense right now it's it's crazy it's the it's the craziest thing in the world to them right now but i'm holding on to my faith because i believe one day they will see what i see and and experience what i've experienced with god with jesus and so 
yeah, for that, that really what, what it was for me, like, <laughs> if that makes sense. Wow. You know, that's so good. I, I'm just sitting back here smiling because I'm like, man, we're, for maybe the first time ever, I feel like we're having church on the podcast. And I feel like you're speaking to somebody right now, Jazzy. So mm-hmm. this is this is powerful. And you have such a powerful story. And you're right. It's not just for you. Mm-hmm. I like that you said that, that you knew that your parents in that moment needed to know that this is that serious to you. This is life changing. It's changed mm-hmm. your life. And you're willing to do the hard things to keep your faith in Christ. Yeah. Um, that is powerful. And if anything will ever speak to family unsaved friends, whoever, neighbors, co-workers, whatever the case, it's it's us when we go through the most challenging times we could ever go through, and yet we still hold on to our faith. Mm-hmm. I think that speaks louder than anything. Um, because you mentioned it a while ago, you're, you're, and you're right. Um, as, as followers of Jesus, those who consider ourselves to be followers of Christ, um, it doesn't mean things get easier. Jesus mm-hmm. actually promised. He said, in this life, you will face trouble. You Mm -hmm. will face hardship, pain, turmoil, discouragement, all of that. Thankfully, he didn't stop there in that verse. He said, but take heart, I've overcome the world. Mm -hmm. Um, And and it just means that we have someone now who sticks closer than a brother to actually walk through those fires and those difficult seasons of life that we go through. We actually don't have to face it alone anymore. But it doesn't mean they're they're void of us now and, and we don't actually face those times. If anything, I, I like that you said that because we don't often talk about suffering enough, what I think, in, in Christianity. Um, but a lot of the New Testament talks about suffering. We kind of avoid it. I, I don't know the last time I heard a message on suffering, um, but Jesus talked a lot about it. And it's, it's laced throughout the New Testament, especially. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. think uh, we, do, we do the gospel and we do even what it means to be a disciple of Jesus, we, we do it more justice when we actually, we let people know, hey, what you're signing up here for is actually going to be difficult. I'm not yeah. going to promise you it's going gonna, it's gonna to be easy or not challenging or not come with pain or heartache. Um, mm-hmm. But we all know it's, it's totally worth it, as you've been talking about the last few moments. Yeah. So you, you have this moment, Jazzy, this is so powerful. Thank you again just for your authenticity in sharing here today. Mm-hmm. You have this conversion moment. You've got some major, major decisions to make over the next few years. You you do some tough things that no 18-year-old should ever have to do, but, but you've been down that path. You've made those decisions. When did you start to figure out that, hey, God's... God specifically got a call, a purpose, and and I know we're all kind of still figuring that out. It's not that we ever arrive. We're all on a bit of a journey when it comes to that. But when did you start to notice, or or maybe it was even at conversion, that God's actually, uh, I don't know if before you met Jesus, you had an idea of what you were going to be when you were older or do with your life. But when did you start to realize, hey, God's got a specific calling and a purpose on my life and... Um, I think he might be up to this or or that. You even mentioned a while ago that you just graduated from Summit. So you can even lead into that. Like, how did you get there to even wanting to go to Bible college? Where did that come from? Yeah. Yeah. So I always find this is an interesting question because, yeah. Like, so I would say like that I started to figure out kind of like the purpose that God has had for me early on in my walk with him. Um like, yeah, like over the past several years, I've had many different desires or purposes that I believe are all God inspired, but they actually all at the end of the day, 
at the end of the day, they just seem to all point to our ultimate purpose as Christians, which right. is to love God and to love people. Like I just, I don't know, just through all of the different things that he's spoken, like I always just come back to that. And there, but to speak to some of the specific things, like I think one thing that he, I really felt this pull to do early on was just to, I guess maybe this sounds a little bit generic, but to be missional. Um, and so like, just to dive a little bit into that, like when I uh, wasn't a Christian, I really wanted to become a journalist and I wanted to go to school for journalism and all that kind of stuff. Okay. But it's kind of funny because it was super selfish. Like I just wanted to like be on TV and, okay. you know, like, yep. I don't even know what kind of journalist I wanted to be. I just was like, yeah, I really want to be on TV. And then when I became a Christian, like, I just really felt like God, you know, revealing, obviously that was selfish. And I'm like, yeah, totally. And it, for me, he just kind of started to direct me in this path of like, because of my story, because of how these guys invited a girl like me to church. And I came to faith in Jesus, a girl of a different faith background, a girl of a different like race, like just that kind of thing. I really yeah. had this pull and this desire to okay, well, what does evangelism look like um, with people like me? If that makes sense. Like, yeah. and so I, yeah, felt the call of being missional. And then that was when I started to learn more about Alpha and started to learn more about how to, like I ran it in my school, but then I started to help high school students for several years, uh, years run it in their school. And then that's what okay. led me to a new series, like I said. But what was so cool, what I realized on set while I was um, filming for the film youth film series, Apple youth, sorry, Alpha Youth Film Series, such a many yeah. words. Um, but I was standing there in front of the camera and I'm like, this is so cool. Like, this is the kind of quote unquote journalism that I, right. I feel called to do, like to, to preach the good news. Like yeah. maybe one day I'll, I'll be sharing global news or whatever. I don't know, but this is <laughs> like- news that I wanted to share with the whole world. And so I just started following that. And so, yeah, those are some specific things, but in a larger sense, like I said, I always came back to this one purpose, love God and love people. And so that looked like for me that whatever I do, wherever I work, whatever decision I make, I make sure that I'm always doing it out of my love for God, because I think right now, and like you guys, you said, as you said, we're all trying to figure out what our purpose is and it's always changing. I always just want to make sure it's coming back to that one ultimate purpose for me. And so, yeah, that's just the lens that I try to look through in, in everything, like in terms of loving people. It, for me, it just, it looks like volunteering at church or just having a conversation with a friend or helping a stranger at the grocery store. Like I just see those as opportunities to fulfill sure. my purpose. And so, oh, that's good. yeah, I think some days, it can be harder in, in, in other seasons. Like we're, we're human, we're narcissistic. We, we look out for our own self-interest. And so, yeah. yeah, what I'm trying to communicate is that I'm definitely not perfect at living this for this purpose that God's given us, but just everything that I do, everything that I am, as my purpose evolves, I just try to my best to do it out of a place of loving God and, and loving people. Oh, that's so good. And such a great reminder to us all. Um, follow-up question to that why do you why do you think some followers of jesus lose sight of their mission that god has given them i, I think we all know people we all have been guilty ourselves too like, i'm not pointing the finger we all get like you said just so inward focused narcissistic whatever um even in the church we can be inward focused a lot of times um mm -hmm. how maybe a better question because 
you know, that's probably part of the answer is just that we are selfish beings, our humanity. But um, here, here's maybe a, a, a better question. Let me phrase it this way. How do you ensure that you don't get stuck always thinking inward and thinking about yourself? Even you serve there, Citizens Church, Youth Alpha, you know, various places that you're serving. You went, you went even to Summit for a while. I know Bible colleges can be very difficult spots for that. It can mm-hmm. become like this Christian bubble, and it's yeah. really tough to burst, especially you're living on campus, whatever. It, it's really tough. Uh, I remember those days when I went myself, and it can be very difficult to uh, stay missionally minded. Um, why do you think, so two-part, why do you think people mm-hmm. lose sight of the, the mission of, of yeah. God, and, and how do you personally uh, keep yourself fresh and stay outward-focused? you know, evangelistic, outreach minded, you know what I'm getting at? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. You know, I I love that question, because I think about I try to I think about all the time, like why what stops us? Um, And I think right now, what I'm thinking is that I think that sometimes some some followers of Jesus lose sight of this mission, because it can be intimidating. Evangelism is extremely intimidating. Yeah, or, or we overcomplicate overcomplicated in our minds because sometimes we think that evangelism means that once we make a connection that instantly needs to lead to salvation right like we forget that we're on a journey with people and and that's okay that's okay if you're just one of the 10 people along the journey that eventually helps lead someone to jesus like like i just think about my school counselor counselor like he was part of that journey for me he wasn't the one that invited me to church. Like, you know, maybe he felt this like urge. Obviously he couldn't because he's a school counselor, but it's sure. like, yeah. you know, he was one of the, however many people on my journey and helping me find Jesus. And so then I think another thing that hinders us is, is our human nature to surround ourselves with people who are just like us. Like you said, yeah. um, we think that uh, we think and believe similar things. So being around each other is comfortable and it, and it makes sense, but you know, when I look to Jesus's life, it's like, oh, that's just not how he operated. Like he was constantly around people who were unlike him. So I think as, as Christians, we need to challenge ourselves to step outside of our bubble. Like who's at my school, who's at my workplace, who's in my neighborhood mm-hmm. that, that I can start a relationship with. Yeah. Because everybody, yeah. the thing is, everybody has someone in their life that they can share the message of Jesus with. It just takes courage, obedience, and intentionality to connect with those who think differently than we do. Um, and so for me personally, the way that I feel compelled to live missionally is just by um, making myself available. And so what I mean by that is that I try to situate myself in positions where I can jump on opportunities to show the love of God to others. And so for me, that doesn't always look like sharing the gospel outright or just like reading the Bible to someone and praying for them. Like, I think honestly, oftentimes and most times, it just looks like having a conversation with someone um, or serving somebody or being kind yeah. or just being a friend. And so like right now for me, everybody in my family is on a Christian. So to me, that's an opportunity to be missional. Um, I'm very intentional in my week to be spending time with like my little cousins. Um, I, I just want to be a good cousin and be available to them. Like same goes for my grandparents. Like if they need a ride somewhere or they need something from the grocery store, like I just, I just want to make myself available that way because these are people that aren't necessarily 
aren't necessarily ready for me to share the gospel with them sure. yet. Like they're yeah. not open to that, but that doesn't mean that I can't share the love of God through my actions and my service and my availability. And so that's what it, it looks like for me. Oh, that's so good. Mm-hmm. And, and so, I mean, I like how you just simplified it, right? Cause I think you're right. We often overcomplicate things. We're waiting for this big conversion moment and it's, it's the little things, right? And, and you're right. We may not be the person that gets to lead them um, through the prayer, or whatever, or lead them to Christ personally. We may be a person along the way. And all we're called to do, like you said earlier, is be obedient in those moments and actually mm-hmm. step through those doors that uh, God opens before us in our everyday lives. And it can be little. Sometimes it is big, um, but it's, it's more about being obedient. Um, I've often said many places I've gone or the Christian life is as simple as listening for his voice and doing what he says. That's it. Yeah, that's all. Um, Mm -hmm. We like to put so many add ons on to that and everything else. But it's like you said earlier, love God, love people. Right. It's it's Mm -hmm. really that simple, even though that is can be hard some days, harder than others. Um, Okay, we're we're wrapping up here. We've we've taken some time, and I really appreciate you taking this time. This is a, a powerful story, and and I'm really loving these new uh, segments of this is my story. Uh, I want to close a little lighter stuff now, but just even allowing our audience to get to know you a little bit too. Um, if you could go back and have a do-over, uh, I don't know how old you are now. You mentioned you just graduated Bible college. You're probably in your 20s, somewhere in there. I won't guess. Okay, so she gave it out there. I wasn't going to guess. That's one thing you just don't do, especially with females, is guess their age. I've learned that. You don't do that. What's so. the story? I've been told anyways. Um, so if you could go back and, and have a do-over, even though you haven't, you're, you're not that old yet, still very young, but from childhood to now, any, again, whatever you, you feel comfortable talking about anyways, but... Um, talk to us about a moment or something. If you could go back and, and do something over again, this is what you do and, and maybe why that's a situation. Yeah. Okay. That's a good question. So maybe this will, re- the, the female listeners will relate to this more than the male. Okay. okay. So, but I think if I could go back, honestly, I, I think a lot about high school jazzy. I think a lot about teenage 14, 15 year old jazzy and she just cared about all the wrong things. And so if if by chance there is a 14 or 15 year old listening to this, like I just would say I would probably go back to that time in my life and just shake her in the head and just be like, why? Like, cause all I cared about was beauty and everything that was on the exterior instead of focusing wow. like what was inside my heart. Like, like, I know that sounds cheesy, but I wish that when I was a kid, someone told me to invest more in my heart, to invest more in like the things that I listen to, the things that I'm reading, the things that I'm watching and like what I'm letting into my mind and my heart as opposed to my makeup and my hair. Because I look back now and I'm like, I don't even remember what I looked like when I was 14. And if I were to look back at photos, I'd be like, I, I hate the clothes that I was wearing. Like, sure. and at the time I thought they were yeah. so cool, right. but it's like, I wish I had moments where I could look back and be like, Oh, that's a really cool lesson that I learned. Or, Oh, that was a really good, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I just felt so no, much on good. the exterior, not the interior. And so I would just say, even just for parents that are listening that have teenagers, like I, it's, it's a hard conversation I bet to have with a teenager, because I bet if someone told me that when I was a kid, I'd be like, 
I don't care. Like take me shopping. Like I, yeah. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, sure. yeah, that's definitely something that I would go back and change. Cause I spent way too many hours trying to do my hair for, I don't know, no good reason. No, that's good. <laughs> that's good. And that's real. That's, that's some real talk right there with Jazzy Burke. <laughs> yeah. All right, Jazzy, another question I have for you right now. What is on your mind in this season? We're in the midst of COVID, and I know provincially there's different regulations all across our country. We're kind of all over the map a little bit here in Ontario. We've just been this Friday. Things are going to open up a little bit again, and we can go to some non-essential stores again, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know BC just was allowed to have some in-person services this past Sunday, I I believe. Um, But... COVID pandemic, I mean, we've got all sorts of racial tension in our country. We've had the, um, the, the graves of these 215 indigenous mm-hmm. children that were uncovered right out in your province there recently. We, we've, as recent as yesterday, a hate crime of a Muslim family in London, Ontario was just killed um, mm-hmm. on the streets. Like, there's some crazy things happening, and I know things are always happening around our world, but what, having said all of that, what's on your mind, what's on your heart in this season? Yeah, oh my gosh, yeah, so much. I, I think, yeah, COVID brought to light so many, that, that whole season just brought to light so many different things that are going on, that's going on in our world. Um, you know, I think for me, what I'm trying to focus on is because when, when all the, when everything just kind of like, especially during the black lives matter movement, like yeah. I like last year, like when all that kind of started to come to the surface, I just instantly, I felt like, you know, like instantly I went to my knees to prayer, like, God, what is happening? And mm. like, what can I do? Yeah. But then also I think there was a lot of people starting to feel this overwhelming sense of like, there is so much pain and heartache and you just kind of want to like, like, where do you start? Like you yeah. just, and you, and you get overwhelmed with the feeling of like, not just people hurting and in extreme pain and there's so much injustice, but also you're like, well, how can I, how, where do I even begin? And so right. for me, like what's been on my mind and my heart, and, and it's, I would still say it's like ongoing is like, it's just asking God, what's my part to play in all of this? And how can I be obedient to that every single day? Because like, I just, I just don't want to like, be I just don't want to be going with emotions anymore I don't want to be just like going through my everyday life going through my nine to five and then coming home making dinner going to bed you know I think some days it it calls for that but most of the time I'm like hey god like where can I be right now that I can be the most effective for somebody that needs my help that that where I can speak to that I can pray for or whatever like I think so honestly, what that's looked like is, um, so during the protests, like for me personally, I was like, yeah, I want to go be a part of the protest. I want to go stand with those people. Um, when, when it came to something like that, or, um, I think actually this is a complete side note, but then another thing that's also been on my mind, um, I think for a lot of people, the stresses of COVID, like just in terms of like work, um, finances, uh, not being able to see people, like experiencing loneliness, like all of that. I think for a lot of, this is like a complete side note now, but like also what's just been on my mind is like, what does contentment actually look like in Jesus? Like, especially for me on the Enneagram being a type three, like I'm just constantly trying to achieve. I'm always wanting to try new things which isn't always a bad thing but I can start obsessing over that and so I'm just trying to learn like in this season 
what does it mean to be content with who I am, not as who Jazzy is, but who right. I am in right. Jesus and oh, not in good. my achievements or in, um, yeah, and just trying to figure out all the, like, what can I do with all the injustices in the world? Like, what does it mean for me to be content in Jesus and how can I operate out of that? So, yeah. No, that's good. And, and you're right. I mean, there's so much going on in our world these days and just even over the past year, like it's been a heavy year. And yeah. so uh, there's different points through that where we probably feel like we're doing better than, than other moments. We have our, our mm-hmm. moments where, you know, we're doing relatively good. And then there's other moments where it's, it's just tough. It's a struggle. And uh, especially for all those out there who are leading, whether that be in church or business or whatever, um, it's, it's been a tough year. And so it's, it's reassuring to know that that's not just unique to a few of us. We're all in that. Mm-hmm. I've heard somebody say we're, we're not in the same boat, but we're in the same storm. Uh, we're yeah. all in our, our each our own boats because we all have our unique experiences, our unique contexts where we find ourselves, but we're all in the same storm mm-hmm. and uh, trying to navigate our way through. All right, something a little bit lighter. I promise something a little lighter. So, Jazzy, what makes your heart sing these days? And and let me, a little disclaimer here. We know from Pursue Student Conference that you like Oreos and you have a dog <laughs> named Toby, I believe. So, aside from those two things, what makes what makes your heart sing? If there is any, maybe it's just those two things. Maybe that's it. I don't know. I no was literally going to be like, I my dog Toby. Yeah. <laughs> See, I cut you off, so you couldn't go there. We want, we want to go deeper. We'll go deeper. We want to know you a little more than just Toby and Oreos. Oh man, what makes my heart sing? I would say, more than ever, especially during this season, what makes my heart sing is my relationships, my my community. Yeah. Um, I just feel so blessed to have a group of friends that I can rely on that where they can rely on me. Um, it's just, you know, I think, so I'm an introvert, like just, I'll start off with that. Like, so for me, pre COVID, I just was like, um, you know, like I, I, I like recharging on my own. I like spending sure. time on my own. You know, I'm not necessarily always the one that's like initiating a hangout. Like it's usually like the other way around yep. and my friends always bug me for it. Cause they're like jazzy, whatever. But <laughs> You know, when the COVID happened, I just was like, oh, yeah, so much time on my own. No problem. Like, I'll be okay. But then, you know, first, second, third week or whatever it was, I was missing my friends so much. And just seeing them over Zoom, I'm like, I hate this. Like, I I actually miss hugging my friends so much. And so now, like, this, I have this whole new perspective. And my friends appreciate it so much. It's like, still an introvert, but... Really, for me, I am just so thankful that God, you know, emphasizes to us how important it is that we don't walk this life on our own, that we're not supposed to journey through this life as Christians on our own. Like we need community, we need people, and it doesn't matter how strong you think you are, you need people. And so for me, like, I'm just so thankful. I, 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 that's all I have to say. I'm just really thankful for the people that are in my life. And yeah. I think that's one thing that's really come to the surface for many people through COVID is just the power of relationships and being connected. It's it's one thing I think we all, I, in one way or another, have taken for granted over the years in our lives. But COVID has just brought that to the surface of, yeah, yeah. just how vital and important that is to our lives and our emotional health. Um, yeah. 
so yeah. important. So but that's I, good. I do have to say, Steve is a close second. My dog is a close second. He is. Oh, that's good because we we did have a follow up question of what, tell us what you do for fun. So we'll allow Toby and Oreos <laughs> to be in that answer. That could um, be all about Toby and Oreos if you'd like. Yeah, and people might be listening to like, why is she so attached to her dog? Honestly, it's because I've been wanting a dog for so many years, and finally, I was allowed to get one when I was seventeen. Okay. And so, um, but honestly, yeah, he's just like my pride and joy. I know I'm not a parent, but like, I, I do believe I'm a dog mom. So I just, he just is like, yeah, I, I think anyone who's listening that has a dog would know, like, it's just dogs are like your best friend. So a they lot are. of my time is, um, what I, or actually, sorry, what I do for fun is I love taking him for walks. Um, and like with friends too, like, they have lots my friends have dogs too so we love going for walks together um another thing that i actually like to do for fun is i love reading fiction books okay um i don't know are you you're a reader yeah uh i am yeah <laughs> not um, so much fiction but uh okay. so i no, i do love nonfiction, but when i just want to like relax or whatever yeah. like i love diving into a, a good fiction book do you have a favorite um, author or anything you'd like to share with our listeners today um What's a recent read that just was uh, that you really enjoyed? So I really like Harry Potter. Okay. So that J.K. Rowling is yeah, just one of my favorite authors. I just love the way she communicates stories. Um, I'm trying to look at my bookshelf too. What other fiction books I have? I I would say well, that's what I'm at right now. So that's what I really like. But okay, a good uh, nonfiction book that I actually really like is Bob Goff's books. I I have you read any? Yes, I have. Yeah, he's a great. Highly, highly recommend all of his books they're just they're so engaging they're so fun but then they're also so informative and so yeah. anyway yeah and then the last thing i'd like to say is i love to cook i love you love to what i love to cook oh cook okay yeah. i thought you said fish for i don't know why i thought fish and i was like okay you threw a curveball at me i did not pick up that one fishing no no that you cook. probably never see me fishing so. okay okay <laughs> yeah and what do you like to cook? Any specific types of food? I'm or a big anything. Festival. Well, not just anything actually. I, I I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm an amazing cook. I just like the process. But okay. So, but I'm a big pasta person. So yeah, I would say any sort of pasta like is my favorite to cook. So there it open, is. always open to recipes. If okay. anybody wants to let me know. <laughs> Some Zoom cooking classes with with Jazzy Burke. Yeah. Maybe on the next Youth Alpha, you'll yeah. see her. Uh, cooking some of her favorite pasta. All right, Jazzy, as we wrap this up, any last bit of advice, resource, leadership, nuggets, things you've learned over the years that you'd love to share with our listeners today? Hmm. Yeah. Um, I would say I think one of the the best advice that I've ever, not ever, but one of the best advice that I've received from my mentors would be, would be to stay close to Jesus. That no matter what I do, no matter where you, what you do, no matter where you go, always make sure that that path is leading you close to Jesus. Hmm. Um, I think it's easy to mentally measure up the stats on what you're accomplishing, like what you've experienced and all that. And I think what matters more than anything and all of that is just staying close to Jesus. And so make sure you're truly loving Jesus with your whole heart and receiving his love and giving it to others. Um, you know, 
Someone told me, you know, you'll, you'll never regret spending time with him. You'll never regret praying That's more. True, you'll never, you'll never regret yeah. listening to his voice more or finding ways to honor him. I just think no matter what you do, um, stay close to him. Well, it doesn't get any clearer or simplistic than that. That is powerful, Jazzy. Thank you so much for this and uh, just being willing to share your story today. Uh, there's different um, different seasons along the way that I know have been more challenging than others. And I just appreciate your authenticity with which you shared today, your transparency. And I think it's cool. I had this thought as you were talking earlier, the fact that, you know, here God is using you in powerful ways across our nation. I mean, you spoke at our recent conference, you're a part of these youth alpha, which are going not even just to our nation, but all over the place around the world. Um, And yet at, 17 18 years old you're you're challenged with one of the most difficult decisions of your life your faith or your family and i had this thought it's no coincidence and and the more and more i hear people's stories and i know even my own journey Mm -hmm. here's what i've come to realize god always tests you privately before he uses you and blesses you publicly And I believe that the reason those tests come, you know, and came to you in your private world, your private life is because God knew he was about to bless you. He's about to use you in a real public way. And I believe he tests us privately to know if he can trust us because he, he always seeks to know if he can trust us privately before he uses us publicly. And so I think mm-hmm. that's a part of your story. You're living proof of that today. And I just think that's so powerful. So thanks again for, for doing this. Final thought, if, if our listeners want to track with you, they want to hear more about Jazzy Verk's story, follow you, where can they find you online to follow your story further? Yeah, I was I was to Instagram. I'm okay. Gen Z. I'm on Instagram. <laughs> so All right. uh, what's my handle? Jazzy Verk, just my name. <laughs> Just your name, first and last name. We can put it in our show notes, at Jazzy Verk. You can find her Instagram. I'm sure Toby will be there. Maybe some Oreos. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. Thanks for having me. Thanks for doing this. Thanks, Jazzy. I realize I probably overused this word after these interviews, but again, wow. That was so deep, so fresh, so real. I just appreciate Jazzy's authenticity and what a powerful story of this young woman finding Jesus. I mean, this was legit. This actually had some major consequences to her decision to follow Jesus. Uh, It meant leaving her home, her family. I I can't even imagine. And uh, maybe you can relate out there. And I just encourage you to reach out to Jazzy at Jazzy Verk on Instagram. You can direct message her, whatever, and just let her know how how powerful her story and what it's meant to you. I I think that would encourage her so much. So uh, thanks again, Jazzy. This has been so rich, so meaningful. And again, if you're finding these episodes to be beneficial to your life, to your leadership, please go ahead and share the good news of that. Spread the word on social media. Leave us a review. Like it wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Google, Apple, PodMap, wherever you get your podcasts, Overcast. We're we're in all sorts of different places, so you can find us there. And uh, we've got more episodes just like this coming up in the days ahead, the months ahead, and so stay tuned. Again, this is all in an effort to to help develop healthy leaders. Your leadership matters so much, and we know that healthy leaders produce healthy ministry, and so that's why we're all about this Leadership Matters podcast and producing these episodes. 
all in an effort to create healthy leaders. And uh, so until next month, peace on your melon. And remember, your leadership really does matter. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Leadership Matters podcast. If you've enjoyed the podcast, why don't you take a moment and subscribe on iTunes to ensure you never miss another episode. Until next time, remember your leadership matters.